This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan 51, it's iOS 5. Oh, iOS 5 is so yesterday. Let's talk about iOS 6. Yeah, cool. And like I said, it's tech fan number 51. Hello, David Cohen. Hello there. How are you? I am well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So today is the day the iPhone S 4S goes on sale. And uh, unless you've pre-ordered one, David, you're not going to get one today. Well, you know what? I, I saw people tweeting from the Liverpool Apple Store this morning, and the queue was enormous. So I can't imagine that many people are going to get what they want you know a lot of the tech pundits right after the keynote was oh what a disappointment blah 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 it's not really a new iphone uh yeah it kind of is a new iphone it's everything the iphone 5 would have been that they were guessing at let's be honest yeah minus minus a new form factor that's right and um you know probably quite a smart move because they've got the manufacturing of this thing down um, you don't need to change all your um, accessories, cases, and that sort of thing if you buy the new phone. Yeah, you know, as the publisher of my Mac, I get a lot of PR, David. And yeah. a lot of the PR was, hey, we've got new iPhone cases for the <laughs> iPhone 4S. And I'm looking at the pictures and I'm like, eh, it kind of yeah. looks a little familiar there. But good for That's them. Right. Good for them. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's an opportunity to get, get your message out again, isn't it? But. Uh, no, I I, the, I think the problem is is that a lot of people, you know, we live in this little tech blog bubble, and uh, people get exercised about specs and performance and all these things. And you know what? The market for the iPhone is not in that bubble anymore. We are a very small part of the overall market, and the general public don't care. They just think, well, there's a new iPhone, and I need to upgrade my current one, so I'm going to go out and buy one. That's right, and I think it's a smart. I mean, let's be honest. The design of the Apple or the iPhone four, uh, to me, anyways, is brilliant. It's just, it's sturdy. It's really attractive to look at. It just works. I think it's the best designed iPhone yet, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't change. I know there was some rumors about a teardrop iPhone, and uh, I, I'm I'm not disappointed to say the least. But it's still one of the best-looking phones out there. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, as I say, people know how to deal with it. I mean, I know I know it gets a bit of, um, I'm just looking at mine here, I know it gets a bit of stick for the glass back that, that, that you know, if you drop it, it's easy to, to break it. Well, that's never happened to me, and I've dropped my phone a couple of times. Um, but the thing is, it's fairly easy to change as well. You know, it's a piece of glass. It's fairly cheap to fix. Whereas if, um, you know, if you went to something that was curved and, was more hard to construct, then maybe it would be a lot more expensive to repair and maintain. So, Apple came out with, I believe it's called uh, Apple Care Plus. Yeah. Um, costs $100. You have to buy it when you get your new iPhone. But es- essentially, it gives you two, I forget how they word it. Basically, if you screw up your iPhone, i.e., you get it wet, uh, you drop it and break it that way. 
um, they will replace the phone for forty nine dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. It gives you two incidents. So yeah, I, drop it in I the guess, toilet. <laughs> yeah, there are. I mean, certainly over here in the UK, there are cheaper ways to buy. It's insurance, basically. Yes. There are cheaper ways to buy phone insurance than to pay that sort of money to Apple. Um, you know, if if it was if it was the price of the Apple Care Plus, and then you didn't have to pay if you had to exchange the phone, then I think it would be okay. I think having to put, still have to pay something out if you have to change the phone as well makes it a little bit expensive for me. Um, I agree, but, but by the same token, I mean, there's a look as the CEO of an Apple specialist. I see a lot of people come in with damaged merchandise, be it a computer, an iPhone, an iPad. Um, half of the time, half the time, it was user screwed up. Yeah. And, you know, Apple Care doesn't cover that. Apple Care is not designed for if you break this, we'll fix it for you. This is designed for exactly that. You accidentally drop your phone in a toilet. For forty nine bucks, we'll give you another one. Mm. Um, but they give you two two times to do it. So basically, for two hundred bucks, you'll get three iPhones altogether: yeah. the original, the one that you got the second time, and the one you got the third time. And hopefully, by then, you know you'll you have learned to you know put it in a different pocket when you're going to the bathroom. Uh, yeah, I mean, accidents happen. We've all, <laughs> we've all we've all done dumb things with our very expensive electronics, one way or the other. I certainly have over the years, um, but uh, <laughs> I'll never forget the time plugging in a, a FireWire cable from a desktop Mac to a, a laptop Mac, and um, didn't turn the the desktop off before I did that, and then watching the puff of smoke come out the FireWire port when I connected it, <laughs> as it as it literally fried the chipset in the laptop. Oops! Uh, and it was like oh, and and you, you know there was there was no way out, there was no way out of that one. I mean, at that point, FireWire was no longer an option for that machine. <laughs> no, it's like mm, well, hmm, what do yeah. I do now? So yeah, I, I have to be honest. I hadn't updated my iMac that I'm using right now to, to communicate with you via Skype and record the show in GarageBand uh, because of this show. I was worried about upgrading to Lion and having compatibility issues. Mm-hmm. But you're not, you're, yeah, you're not using you're using just Apple software to do all of that, though, aren't you? You're not using anything out of the ordinary. No, not a lot. Um, and plus, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying about anybody, anything else on any other show <laughs> that likes to uh, mess around and upgrade stuff they shouldn't. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I'm not usually the, the early adopter anymore. I'd, honestly, I'd let somebody else do that. I, yeah. I don't need to be that guy, you know. But to upgrade to iOS 4... On all or iOS five on all my phones and the iPad and to use iCloud, I really needed to upgrade to Lion. Yeah. So I did that on uh, iOS five release day. Maybe it wasn't the best day to do everything all at once, but I was home. I figured, what the hell? I'm just gonna take the plunge, David. So all my iOS devices are running five, with the exception of my daughter. She. Uh, I don't even know why I haven't updated hers yet. I will eventually. It just wasn't that big a deal. Well, to be fair, it takes a long time. It does. 
<laughs> I was it, I it was very nearly caught me out because I was traveling Wednesday. Um, so I was in a hotel room, didn't have a Mac with me. And there was no way I was going to try and do that over a hotel connection anyway. Because no. uh, there's some pretty big files coming down um, with uh, with 10.7.2 and um, the iOS uh, 5 file itself, which is about 600 megabytes. So I wasn't going to try and do that. And I, I was sort of reading on Twitter that people were having problems and the servers were overloading everything. I was thinking, I'm glad I'm not there doing that. You know. So when I got home last night, I did it on uh, on my iPhone. Uh, and uh, I've also got an iPhone that I use at home for, uh, kind of as a touch. So I did that one first as a test. And I was surprised how long it took. And I kicked my iPhone off and went to bed forgot to click all the buttons before I went to bed so it, it was still sat there, there waiting for you so I got up and I thought all right well I'll kick it off as soon as I get up and then by the time I'm ready to go to work it should be done <laughs> oh no no, <laughs> no that's took about yeah on my uh, 32 gig iPhone 4 it took about two hours that's what it took on mine as well uh, yeah. my wife's 3GS it took about an hour and a half uh, one of the things that I found is if you click and select download the update only instead of download and install. Mm-hmm. Um, I could continue to use my phone because I would unplug it as soon as it starts downloading uh, iOS 5. Yeah. And that way I can just upgrade it or update it whenever I feel like it. I don't have to do both at the same time. And that mm-hmm. seemed to help me a lot. I wasn't getting, I didn't get any error messages. It, everything was very smooth for me. So I was happy about that. Um, but well, we, were just, we were just talking before we, before we start the show how... It's a little bit confusing this time around because now once 5 starts getting on there and it starts doing the restore, with iOS 5, it doesn't actually lock the phone out while it's actually transferring data to it. And, That's right. Um, that kind of threw me because you look at that and you see you see a progress bar and it's moving slowly and then you look at the phone and see that it's not showing syncing and uh, there's a little indicator up on the top there but it's kind of hard to miss and you, you immediately start thinking, oh, maybe it's not working, maybe I need to cancel it and, you know... And I, I can imagine that caught a lot of people out. You know, what got me out, what called me out big time, <laughs> and I told you about this earlier too, was uh, even after I unplugged my iPhone, a couple hours later I noticed my iPhone is syncing in iTunes. And I thought, what's it doing? It's retarded. I, it's not even plugged in. Why is it showing up in iTunes? So I thought, oh, I just probably need to restart the computer. So, you know, it, it's still seeing it plugged in even though it's not. So I restarted the computer, launched, there's my iPhone again. I completely forgot about Wi-Fi syncing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Which is, oh, you know, when, oh. when you get used to it, it's a, it's a brilliant feature. It is, absolutely. But when, you, when you're not ready for it, you're not thinking about it, all of a sudden you're just like, why is my iPhone showing up in iTunes? It's because not plugged in. We've all seen that with, let's be honest, iTunes is not the... Um, it's not the most robust piece of software that we use on our packs. To put it mildly. <laughs> and, and we've all seen that situation where you do have a phantom device where it thinks it's connected uh, and, or, and it's trying to talk to it when, in fact, you know you've disconnected it or vice versa where you plug the thing in and iTunes just refuses to see it. You know, so, That's always um, fun. Yeah, so it, it, it can be a bit confusing. And I know there's been a lot of, lots of articles about the change and everything. I, I, the documentation for this is typical Apple minimalist, unless you go looking at the support site. And it perhaps would have been nice if they popped up a few screens warning you that some of this stuff was going to go on. I don't know. Tutorials would have been kind of yeah. cool. Um, I think the entire tech industry, though, is really guilty of 
well, let's be honest, piss poor uh, tutorials and manuals and stuff like that. Uh, look, David Pogue makes a living with his The Missing Manual series. Yeah. And it's absolutely a perfect name because most things don't come with a manual anymore. And yeah. I would really like to see that reverse. I, I really would. Especially with the plur, plur, plur I can't speak today. Um, <laughs> with everybody having iPhones and iPads or Android devices, that sort of thing. At the very least, when you buy a new product, um, have a sticker on there or something. Hey, go download this from the iTunes store or the Android marketplace. That's your manual. Yeah. You know, they get completely get rid of the whole, you know, printing and distribution and all that. Give us a manual for some of this stuff. I let's be honest, you and I probably don't need a manual for ninety nine percent of the things that we buy. But that one percent that we would really prefer a manual, they don't even include it anymore. I've noticed an insidious disease starting to manifest itself in me, which is now I now can't read manuals in the if I have one in front of me, I'm kind of calling, I'm getting that old guy syndrome where you, you're reading the page and you're not taking it in or you're looking for something and you can't see it even though it's right in front of you right. and you're going, God damn it, this thing doesn't, why don't they document this properly? And it's actually right there in front of you. Yep. Or you misread what it says and then you don't do it right. And, and yeah, then you start thinking, oh, I remember my dad doing that. Yeah. I always thought he was really old when he started doing that. He was. I think that says a lot about us, David. Yeah. So how do you like iOS 5 so far? Yeah, it's good. the The problem with it, if it, if it, this is a problem, and you know, it's kind of churlish to complain about so many new features for free. But the problem with it is there are an awful lot of changes. And I found when I first started the phone up again, it was a little bit overwhelming. <laughs> like there was changes everywhere. It's like, well, how do I, you know, how do I how do I get my head around all of this? And some of the stuff, the problem about reading about this for weeks beforehand is some of the stuff you're expecting to see. Is not you can't find it straight away. It's not right there in your in your face. Like right. I, I I had a conversation this morning with a colleague who has updated his, and he was saying, "Oh, I noticed you've got banners for your mail coming up at the top of your screen. This is the new notification system." Right. So I've set mine up so when I get a mail, it appears as a little kind of like a little growl, almost like a growl window in on a Mac at the top of my screen for about five seconds and it disappears and then it's in notification center if I want to go look at it and he said oh how did you get it to do that mine's not doing that and I showed him how to do it but he thought it would do it automatically and there's an awful lot of features which people are using which they've heard people talking about and they're just expecting them to be turned on by default of course they're not well iMessage was a good one you learned something about that this morning with me yeah, that well, I'd not used it before because when you first install, when you first install iOS five, you expect it's just going to kind of work, but you need to configure it. You need to go in and turn it on, put your Apple ID in, and that sort of thing. But once it then knows that you're talking to somebody else on iOS five because they're in your contact list, then um, it will automatically use iMessage. And we, yeah, we found we were messaging each other this morning. We found that it, it it's like a full IM system in that you can see that the other person is typing something. Which is kind of cool because then I like you know it. they're, you know they're there. The, the problem with SMS, you send it and it kind of disappears into the void until you get response, and it's not the most reliable system SMS. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited for iMessage, particularly as my wife uses an iPad a lot at home, which means I can continue to message with her when she's using that rather than the phone. Yeah, I thought it was kind of neat. I noticed that with uh, Russ Walkowitz, he sent me an iMessage yesterday just to test it. And I said, yep, test worked. And then it popped up with the little, oh, look, he's going to reply to me. 
And I thought, yeah. oh, that's kind of clever. I like that. And it's the thing that you... I didn't know that was going to happen. But mm-hmm. now... Did you also notice, though, that if it's an iMessage, the send button is blue? Yeah. If it's not, it's green. Green, yeah. I kind of like the green look better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. And you mm-hmm. can also change the notification sounds. And uh, that's it seems like a nothing thing, but, you know, as I said earlier, working at an Apple specialist, everybody around me has an iPhone. So I hear the notification sound and everybody looks at their phone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to change mine. So when I hear that, I know it's not me. It's just yeah, little we, things like that. We, we get that in our office when uh, somebody sends out like a, an all users meeting request. You can, I mean, it's like a simultaneous chime, right? <laughs> <across> the <office. laughs> yeah. That's going to be annoying at the same yeah. time. Uh, yeah. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to continue with iOS here. Uh, Harry McCracken uh, has an article which I found highly entertaining called yep. Hey, Let's Start Planning iOS 6 at the Technologizer.com website. Uh, it's a really fun read. He basically asked his Twitter followers what they would like to see in the next iOS. So we'll be right back. Hey, Guy, have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, not another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit, have have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen. Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. So, who's on first? What's on second? Third Third base. Not Another Mac Podcast is part of the My Mac Podcasting Network. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the My Mac Potpourri podcast feed back on tech fan tim robertson here with david cohen and um i said earlier david before we took our break we're going to talk about ios 6 now look we just got ios 5 (laughs) and i haven't even i i barely looked at it to be honest there's so much there that i haven't even taken the time to to explore yet and i'm sure you're the same way yeah uh, and here we are. We want to talk about iOS 6. Now, this is from Harry McCracken at the Technologizer website. And he sent out a message to his Twitter followers. Uh, he says, uh, and over on Twitter, I asked my pals for their iOS 6 wish list. And he has a list here. He just did some screen captures. Um, maybe no, that doesn't look like screen captures. That's weird. I wonder how he did that. Anyways. I thought it was very interesting, so I thought we would uh, kind of go through these a little bit. Some of them sure. are serious, some of them are funny, some of them are <laughs> retarded, but I think <laughs> all of them... It's the internet. Yeah, well, there <laughs> yeah. you go. I thought some of them, it'd be, it'd be kind of fun to go through these and, and get our takes on them. Yeah. Uh, the first one is from at Motdiem, M-O-T-D-I-E-M, and he says, automatic language detection. Sick of switching keyboard for, uh, for that and Siri... 
Looks like one language at a time app. <laughs> well, look, I feel his pain. Um, I think we all accept that pretty much any, I mean, it's not just iPhones, pretty much any computing device we use kind of expect you to be using one language at a time and, and to switch between them rather than, uh, you know, you have to manually do that rather than it kind of detecting when you're going to speak French or German or whatever, you know. But while it, obviously it's a problem for him, I would say, you know, series like Magic. I mean, the fact that you can talk to a phone and it understands what you're saying is kind of incredible. You know, it's a typical needy tech user say, oh, yeah, but it's really good that, but I really wish you could understand when I'm speaking French or German rather than English without me telling it. Yeah, well, <laughs> good luck with that. Eventually, though, let's, let's be honest, eventually it will do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it will. Um, but uh, I, I, unfortunately for him, then, I think that's that one's probably a little bit of an edge case. Yep. Uh, because I think the the implicit assumption with the thing is that uh, everyone's people are using one language at a time. At Chris Branerick says, "I'd like to see AirDrop style features between iOS and Lion." I think that's actually a pretty good idea. But doesn't well, shouldn't iCloud give you some of that? I think iCloud will give you a little bit of that, but I don't know. I, iCloud seems kind of half baked to me right now, David. Yeah, it's definitely uh, one step away from beta. I mean, I, I noted yesterday that some people were saying they were surprised that the iWork apps for the Mac haven't been updated yet so that they can pull files from iCloud. You kind of have to drag them out of the iCloud window into the app. Yeah. You can't uh, You can't actually effectively use iCloud as a, as a file store. But I, I don't think you will ever be able to do that. And I, I suspect kind of what's being driven at with a with an AirDrop thing is just being able to use any document back and forth between an iOS device and a Mac. I don't see Apple doing that because I don't think they... I think they want to get away from this kind of manual file system thing that we've been using for so long. I, what I would say What I would say to Chris is that if you want that sort of feature, um, get yourself a copy of Goodreader on the iOS devices because it does all of this. You can literally um, use air, use Wi-Fi to send files back and forth between two different iOS devices or a Mac and an iOS device using WebDAV and all sorts of, of ways of doing it. Not it's not functionality that's obvious when you first load up Goodreader, but I've done it and it's really really cool. Pretty much any file that an iOS device can play, you can transfer wirelessly to it to, into Goodreader um, from a Mac. There's a lot of good third-party. A lot of the things that we're going to hear about in some of these, there's third-party solutions that already do that. And I don't want Apple to just go in and start ripping off the third parties. I mean, let's have some new ideas. And I think iOS 5 brings a lot, especially Siri. Um, and I don't have an iPhone 4S, so I'm not going to be able to try Siri anytime soon. Uh, I'm probably looking after Christmas to get an iPhone 4S. Um, and I know you're probably waiting to your contract expires. You said that's, what, April? Uh, well, certainly in the new year. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what month it is, and, and I'll have to do a bit of negotiation. <laughs> and even then, you're you're going to start thinking, well, yeah, but you know, at this point, we're like six months away from the iPhone five. Maybe I'll just wait for that. Well, this this is the thing. I mean, is is you know, is we in in the past we've expected a new iPhone every summer, and we've not had that this year. It's come later, so I I don't know. Um, I, I, mine's a company phone, so I'll take the view. When they say I can have a new one, I'll just replace it with a new one and trade I down. I accidentally dropped it in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> Need a new one. Uh, at Horizon PR1 writes, 
facial recognition recognition security for iOS. Looks at your face, auto unlocks phone. They have this tech through the buy of Polaroids or Polaroids. Uh, I don't know about the the uh, buy of Polaroids and the facial recognition. Uh, it seems like I, I think that's the technology they rolled out in uh, iPhoto years ago. Yeah. But I don't know if I want my if I would trust my phone to not unlock if it doesn't recognize my face. That's the thing, isn't it? It's uh, and also as well, how how quickly could it do that? I I because mine's a corporate phone. I have the four digit code on mine. Yeah. Uh, I do too, but yes. And f- yeah, in fact, in fact, my wife has put it on hers because she needs to stop my eight-year-old from picking the phone up and playing with it. Um, and he's constantly looking over her shoulder trying to find what the code is so he can play Angry Birds and what have you. Um, I, I think that will be the worry: is is a you know how reliably when you when you really need to get the phone unlocked quickly to do something on it, how reliably and how quickly you, it would do that. And also, you know, can it be spoofed? I mean, can you hold well, it? Well, do you have an evil twin? <laughs> Well, no, but could could you could hold somebody picture. Give, hold up a picture of you and would it would it kind of do that? You know, I I I like to have I like to have some interaction with it to get it unlocked. I'm not going to read all of these. I'm kind of skipping through the ones I think are interesting. At uh, M Hoffman 2001 says it might not require iOS six, but can we get a snooze for calendar reminders? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Um, uh, I- I'd, well, he's talking about calendar reminders. I don't know whether the new reminders app does that. You know, if you rather than set um, a specific calendar entry, which is obviously what he's been doing, um, but obviously there's a new reminders application that I'm, I must admit I'm not really looked at yet. I don't know whether that that has snooze on its alarms. We well, could probably do it with Siri as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I yeah, got kind of Siri shut off the alarm and remind me again in ten minutes. Right. Yeah. Uh, at I-Z-A-T-T-G-A writes, Flash support. Ah. And I say, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. I um, bet, he, bet he, somehow I bet he's not an iOS user. No, I would probably suggest that you're correct. Um, at Sparse Array, I kind of like that, uh, writes, I'd like an iOS 6 option to turn off vibration if the proximity decides... The iPhone is close to my head. I've got to think, agree with that one. Yeah, but I think I think there's a story behind that that I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had my iPhone buzz when I was talking to someone before, and it was very distracting. I mean, well, of course, at the time, I was driving heavy machinery through a schoolyard, and, uh, you know, I was distracted, and I accidentally killed four people. But other than that, I mean... Well, yeah, I guess I guess that's a user interface problem. Four people die. Yeah. <laughs> While I was texting, driving down the highway. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at M- MD Cardinal. I'm just going to say it that way. And this is something that I really would like because yeah. this makes a lot of sense. A shopping cart method for the app store. I download an app. I go back to the store. Download an app. Back to the store. Etc. Mm. That is definitely something that needs to happen. I, to be honest with you, I think I think one of the one areas where they really, sh- you know, could have done with with a bit more in, input into iOS five is the whole iTunes App Store experience on the on the devices. It's still terrible. Yeah, you know, it's still hard to find things. Um, the purchase list, great as it is, 
It's just yeah, one but it's, great big yes, it's it's one list. great big one great big huge list and you can't search it. You just literally have to scroll through the thing. At the very least it should have one more level and that top level should be the type of app, like games or you know. So yeah. look, I'm looking for a game and then there's a big long list. That's fine. But yeah. right now you're right, it's just and heaven forbid you got five hundred apps. Good lord. Yeah, even the even the improved music application on the phone now, which um, is better than it was, it's still not let's, brilliant. Let's talk about that for a second. It's not called iPod anymore, David. What's going on with that? Uh, I think um, I think the iPod name is on the way out. You think so? I, yeah, I do. I think I think they're trying to really differentiate between the iPhone iOS devices uh, and the uh, and the iPod, and I think the iPod as a brand is. Is in its twilight years, you know. It's, it's uh, been ten years. Yeah, I think I think Apple have, have said, you know, it's time to put it in retirement home and give it a quiet and dignified end. And a few years down the line, it'll be gone. Um, so that so, was just so, music. Yes, yeah, so that's just music and videos, as separate applications. We, uh, kind of, which, which is which is the way the iPad's done it, but now yes. it does that on the phone as well. Uh, we had this thing that we did last night. It's a family tradition. We've been doing it for, I'm going to say, 13, 14 years now. Mm-hmm. It's called the Zubu. Now, it's the Binder Park Zoo here in Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, they have this thing called the Zubu that you go and you trick-or-treat, and it's not scary. It's merry, they say. And it's at the zoo. Um, but the weekend before, they have what's called a pumpkin carve. So you come out. It doesn't cost anything. And you carve as many pumpkins as you want, really. We only, you know, each member of the family, me and my wife and the kids, we all carve our own pumpkins. And mm-hmm. we've been doing this for forever. I think we only missed one year because it was really raining hard out. And this year, beautiful weather. This was Wednesday night, so two days ago. Beautiful weather, just gorgeous. We go out, we all do our own pumpkins, and my pumpkin face was an iPod. <laughs> Uh, and maybe I'll go find that. I'm going. I was going to say I'd like to see that. Yeah, well, you know what? Here, David. Since we're on Skype, uh, I'm going to go to my Facebook page, which I know you don't use Facebook. And had you used Facebook, David, you'd have saw this picture already. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, if you just go to my Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/mymac m-y-m-a-c, you will actually see my profile picture is my iPod pumpkin. So as David types it in, I'll and I'll oh, use there it this. Is, yeah, I'll use this as the uh, the, the picture the for the show. Yeah. yeah. So you guys will get to see the iPod and pumpkin. A fine looking pumpkin it is too. That's not to too say. bad, is it? No, it's not. Not at all. I did the classic iPod. It's it's the yeah. click wheel. But the problem is, is a couple of years time, you're going to have to do the the iPhone with all the icons. That's going to be a lot more challenging. <laughs> I was thinking if I just did the outline of an iPhone, and then I thought, wait a minute, that's just a rectangle. That's kind of boring. Yeah. I so thought, um, I, you can't put like words on your pumpkin. They don't, you know, they don't want gang members to come out and you know do that kind of yeah. thing. I guess. But I thought about putting an uh, a number four and then an S and then a J on it. But then I thought, eh, you know what? Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Uh, uh, underscore Tobe says better multitasking, live updating icons like weather and clock, widgets and notification center, and nestled folders. That's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, um, that, I, again, that sounds to me like a, a, a push towards Android, really. Um, I, I, 
widgets in notification center, it kind of has that now. There's I think a, so. There's, there's a weather widget. There's a stock widget. Um, I don't know whether other apps can do their own widgets for it, but it, it kind of has that. Better multitasking. What does that mean? Does that? I mean, it, the stuff. It still doesn't. It still doesn't multitask. Let's be honest. I think. I think what he's getting at is smoother moving between applications, which I think you can do now. I think you can swipe between applications. You certainly can on the iPad. Um, but the it's iPad still too. not multi. Look, if I click uh, a link to go to a website and then I switch apps, when I come back, that page hasn't loaded yet on the iPhone. So it really doesn't do true multitasking. It yeah, does yeah. fast app switching, fast sw- switching, and, and definitely and a few even backgrounds. if it's multitasking, yeah, it's pr- it's prioritizing what's going on the foreground. Right. So because well, what I want it to do is I want to be able to open up five web pages in the background, go to another app, do something, come back, and all five of those web pages are ready for me to read. You can't do that on the iOS. You can't do it on the iPad. You can't do it on the I- iPhone. And I think that's kind of what he's getting at, that sort of multitasking. I think the problem is, is that Android has this, and they really suffer on battery life because of rogue applications running in the background. So just make a better damn battery. Yeah. Um, let's see. I like this one. Oh, I scrolled too far to see his name. So it's – oh, actually, I think this is one of our listeners. Uh, and he wrote two of them, D, at dcrane2. Uh, went at home, picks up the uh, – phone picks up the home wireless – Shuts off Bluetooth, and when he leaves home, turns it back on. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Location-aware networking. Uh, um, he also... That, yeah, that'd be pretty good. And yeah. that shouldn't be hard to do now, because it's it's much more location-aware than it used to be. Yeah, just, I mean, the, hell, the wireless iPhone syncing. That's, that's more of an iOS 5.1 wish, I'd say. Let's see. Uh, and then he also writes this one. Let the user select up to four apps to remain... On in the background and let others others scroll past as they get used. So that's the multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he has a last one: hand recognition and editable dictionary. That's a good idea. The dictionary definitely. Uh, handwriting up. Uh, yeah, I'm I don't care of, about much. Of that. Yeah, I don't really care about but, that. But, but the, uh, the editable dictionary, I like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at Joiner Tech. Printing support through any printer connected to a PC or Mac running iCloud. Hmm. Well, again, you know, we talked about th- third-party apps. If you're running Printopia, which you is uh, you can do that, you can do that wirelessly now. I'd, I mean, I wouldn't want to do it over anything other than the Wi-Fi network because why? Why would you want to print something through the internet if you're not near the printer? That's right. <laughs> so I guess. Okay, I guess if you were kind of around at a friend's house or, or in an office where there was a printer logged into iCloud, then you could, you could, if you knew what the iCloud username was, you could root the printer there. But it's, again, it's probably a bit more of an edge case, that. But. I think it's more of a geeky, techie thing that I don't think the average user would easily be able to set up or take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, is I mean, he's on the right lines in that, and we kind of alluded to this before. iCloud has got a lot of rough edges and a lot of functional limitations. I'm sure it's going to be increased over time with much more functionality than it has now. At EDZITRON. <laughs> is something that stops apps from overwriting my background music. Yeah, okay. Um, 
at Celisis. Okay. <laughs> Wish the iPhone would automatically pre-order food for me, and then de- and that will deliver it, or that will be delivered to my desk at noon. Well, couldn't you do that with Surrey? I, I don't know whether we, it could place the order. It might be able to. If you, I'm sure, I'm sure Siri could bring up the site of a local food emporium, um, but I don't think it could actually place the order for you. Uh, Corey Thames, true wireless syncing. At the moment, I have to connect to a power source. It won't, or it won't let me. I prefer the option. I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, that is that is incorrect. It was like. Yeah, it was like that in the beta, but certainly in the final version, provided you have plenty of ba- power in your battery, it will Wi-Fi sync to a computer over your wireless network, no problem. What it won't do is back up to iCloud wirelessly without power, because obviously, I, you know, Apple's very concerned about you getting corrupt data in the cloud. But uh, certainly, it will sync. To, it will sync to your uh, Mac or, or or anything like that locally without power. Now, this one I kind of like. Because uh, it's funny too, but it's funnier if you read it. It's from uh, Lisa Dearus. <laughs> yeah. uh, stop um, autocorrecting my curse words. I'm over that shut. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. A, yeah, there is a feature in uh, Tap Magazine, which is a, a kind of an, an iPhone or iOS only magazine that's published by uh, the guys who do uh, Mac you're, format here in the UK. You're breaking up a little bit there, David. All right, go ahead now. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a magazine here in the UK called Tap, which is an iOS magazine that's published by the guys who do Mac format. Um, and they have a feature every month where they um, they put kind of an autocorrect mistake where somebody's texting and the autocorrect changes the words in, in such a way that it makes the conversation sound highly imp- inappropriate. <laughs> it's very, very funny. <laughs> I like that. Uh, at Cato underscore McFly, I would like iOS 6 to give me the an option to install non-App Store apps. It could happen, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is actually a good one. At You Got Sean. Selecting signature feature in mail. Uh, I can do it on the desktop. Why not mobile? I agree. Um, yeah. It, I, d- I don't know whether you could do, you could probably do something like that now because they, they have a kind of a text expander type function in there now where you can use short codes to create text. So you could type, um, you could, you, there's a feature in the settings now where you can say, uh, I don't know, type SG and then it would actually put in a whole load of text. It would replace that. So you could actually do that now using by setting up different signatures with different short codes. Hmm. At Keith Register 10, something needs to be done with the folders. They are the ugliest thing about iOS. I have to agree with that. I I don't think I don't I don't think that folders work on the iPhone as it is now. It's clunky, it's not intuitive. Um I, I don't like them. I I guess it depends how well you organize yourself. I think if you, I don't. Well, I'm kind of on, I'm I'm on the fence on that one. Really, I I, I don't I don't find them aesthetically unpleasing, but I must admit I have lost things in that they've disappeared into folders and then I can never find them, no matter how well I've labeled the folders. So. Um, I, I think the thing is, is to fix that, you'd need to fundamentally change the whole springboard, 
the whole launcher for the iPhone, so that would probably need a more fundamental redesign than just doing something about the folders. Um, at Vance 14, the one thing that iOS absolutely needs is a back button like Android, essential for true multitasking. <laughs> hmm. Don't agree with that. I don't either. No. Yeah, you can fix the multitasking without putting extra hardware buttons in. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, re- I read the, you know this lawsuit going on with Samsung at the moment between Samsung and Apple. Yep. I read a, a, an amusing story from the courtroom yesterday where apparently they they picked up an iPad and the Samsung Galaxy Tab with the same home screen on, with the, both on the home screen. Oh, yeah. Actually, actually asked the Samsung lawyer to t- point out which one was the Samsung, which one was the iPad, yep. and the guy hesitated for yeah, about it, five seconds. Yeah, he had to look really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that basically, uh, you know, kind of sealed the case. Um, and I think the problem with this suggestion is that just copying the way Android does it in terms of hardware would be a similar sort of thing, just not really innovative. I think BlackBerry and, and uh, WebOS have both taken a different approach to multitasking without using a back button. Yep. Um, Tori... Uh, blah. <laughs> Um, T-O-R-E-L-I-S-H-A-V-S-B-Y-E-N. Can we get some more consonants and vowels, please? <laughs> Just a couple more. You didn't put numbers now, in there. We need I some su- numbers. And I suspect, I suspect this lady or gentleman may be of Scandinavian origin. Uh, for iOS 6, I would absolutely love multi-user login for family. And I have been saying this for a while, David. I said yep. this a couple years ago. I think it's time has come for a multi-user, at the very least, iPad. I can understand maybe not so much for an iPhone, but definitely for an iPad. I don't. I hate handing my son, who's going to be four in December, my iPad because he launches everything, and I don't yeah. want him to be able to get into some things, especially my books. And he starts turning the pages, and I got to go back and figure out where he, you know. Um, that has to happen, David. It just has to. I would hope so. I think um, it's all going to come down to Apple sort of doing some market research, really, on how many people share an iPad between multiple users. Um, I would have thought many families do. You know, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm I'm buying a Kindle Fire for just basically that reason, so that my kids have a, a device to use that's not my iPad. <laughs> yeah. Two more things. Um, at Michi, M-I-C-H-E. Uh, the ability to delete or at least hide Apple apps I don't use. I think that I love that feature. Um, yeah, I, don't, I never use a stock one. No, and I, I, I am stuck with yeah. it. I basically put my all of my apps like that into a ghetto folder that I never open. There's a hack <laughs> now that you can do to get rid of the newsstand app. You know the one that just came out because essentially but, it's a folder itself, and you can't put folders in folders. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's not really an app at all. It's basically it's a present. It's kind of a presentation of the of the app store um, on the phone. Yeah, it's um, it's a weird app, and I I personally I I might like it on my iPad. I don't need it at any level on my iPhone. And no, yet, and in fact, yeah, I, f- I found that magazine I just mentioned before. Tap. I I saw on Twitter today somebody was having a problem with it, and I said I didn't even know it was out in newsstand. And it turns out it is, but only in the iPad version, not in the iPhone version. And I haven't upgraded my iPad yet. Oh. So that's, that's even another good reason why it's not 
You should be able to move it out of the way on the phone. Mm-hmm. And the last one... Where is it? Uh, I scrolled past it here. At Lograt. L-O-O-G-R-A-T. That it runs on a desktop computer. And for him, I say it's called Lion. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I, I guess maybe he wants to run his iPad apps on his desktop. I can um, understand that. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, I, you could, I guess you could, if you really need to do that, you could sign up, develop, yep. you can sign up for the developer program and run the, uh, run the uh, SDK. That will let you do that. So with that, we're going to take our last break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about good news coming out for uh, uh, game players for iOS and the HP touchpad. <gasps> what? <laughs> hey, Frank, you've got an iPad, right? Yeah, I do, Kevin. I do have an iPad. Yeah. Um, what app is it that you use to uh, look at MRIs with? Well, I haven't really looked at an MRI on an iPad, but... Why would I? Well, it's on the commercial. Well, yeah, I mean, it's on the commercial, but there's also all kinds of other stuff on the commercial that I don't use my iPad for. Hmm. You've just blown my mind. Well, and I think that's kind of the point, is that the commercials don't exactly tell you how you would use an iPad or why you would use an iPad. You know what would be awesome? If there was a podcast that could tell you exactly what you need this technology for. And how to use it and how to use it to make your life better or to make your job easier to do. Whoa, whoa. I've got a name for it. The Mac Specialist Podcast. Let, let's, let's do one of those. Sweet. Okay, David, last segment of Tech Fan number 50. Uh, we're going to be both be back next week, aren't we? Are you here Friday? Yeah. yeah. Cool. We'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about a week from now then. One of the things that uh, I was really excited to see is, uh, you know, there's no question that I love playing video games. My favorite video games, quite honestly, uh, for a long time, have been the Grand Theft Auto series. Well, they came out with Grand Theft Auto Chinatown, uh, Chinatown Wars, I think it's called. And the the problem with it, quite honestly, is it's it's you look down at it, and it's yeah. just terrible. It doesn't. Well, it's it's a port of the DS game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it it wasn't very good. I know a lot of people liked it. I didn't. I don't like the the. It's just it didn't feel like Grand Theft Auto to me. It just mm. felt like a, a, a look looking down from the god perspective and controlling your guy that way. I, it just it was clunky. It wasn't well, that much fun. Yeah, the original Grand Theft Auto games were like that, right? Um, and they weren't very you know, way successful. way back in the day on the Amiga and that sort of thing. That's how you played them, but they weren't. They basically were a different type of game to the three D immersive versions, and it was only when they went three D that the games exploded into a into a huge hit. Um, GTA 3 I didn't buy it when it first came out David uh, I didn't get into the GTA series until uh, GTA Vice City which was essentially GTA 3 just in a different city different characters but it's essentially the same game mm-hmm. uh, that's what actually drew me back to video games because I'd, I'd gotten out of them for a little while there then I went and bought GTA 3 and, and just loved it 
And I kept wondering, why wasn't Rockstar releasing these games on iOS? It didn't make any sense to me. And uh, we know that they work on the iOS devices because there's clones of these games out there. Yeah. And uh, it looks like it's finally going to happen this fall. Unfortunately, requirements are iPhone 4S or iPad 2, which kind of ticks me off. Well, I guess... I, I guess to do I, I think probably the reason Rockstar have resisted doing this is that they want to bring a certain level of quality to the franchise on the iOS. Yeah, but they're they're remaking this. I mean, you know they're going to use the same code. The animations are all going to be the same. They're not going to change the game really, I don't think. It's the 10-year anniversary of that game. It originally came out in 2001. Um, which means next year we'll probably get Vice City because that will be its 10-year anniversary yeah. and then in 2014 we'll get Um, but seriously I don't know I'm a little ticked that I'm not going to be able to play it because I have an iPad 1 and I'm not planning on getting an iPhone even if I had the iPhone for us I don't want to play GTA no No, I want it on my iPad I guess uh, it works on the iPad 2 it'll hopefully work on the iPad 3 and those of us on on the original iPads will probably be thinking about that when that comes out I guess that's one thing. But I again, I, I can only assume that there's some sort of technical reason that they've wanted to go down that route and to get the quality they're looking for. There, there, will, be, there will be an investment aspect to that as well in terms of, you know, they want to make sure that they get the sales and that may, means making the games look their, be- look their best. And they, they obviously feel they can only do that on the, on the later hardware. We'll see. Uh, lastly... As you know, uh, I like my uh, HP touchpad, although I rarely use it, to be honest. I mean, look, I've got an iPad sitting here. What the hell do I need an HP touchpad for? And I was really soured on it when they they canceled it. At that point, I'm not going to spend any money on it. None. It was your fault, though. Mm. Nevertheless. (laughs) One of the things I've been following is the community out there. Uh, I'm looking for their name here. The CM Touchpad Team. Uh, stands for Cyanogen. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's Cyan and then Ogen. Yeah, Cyanogen sounds right to Cyanogen. me. Cyanogen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're porting Android to the touchpad. Cool. And this is, I'm very interested in doing this. So I tried to do it yesterday and I couldn't get the damn thing to work. It's it's an alpha. And you yeah. got to do a lot of stuff in the terminal, which, you know, I don't have a problem with. But uh, I just couldn't get it working right. So I, I've given up and I'm waiting for them to come out with a better installer. But yeah. for those people out there who bought the HP touchpad at the fire sale $99 price point, I don't know, David. Do you think it would make sense to turn it into uh, an Android device, which there's a lot bigger community, there's a lot more software for it? Well, I, I guess that that would be the only reason, really. I, I, I mean, it remains to be seen whether this will ever run Android as well as a as a as a proper, you know, originally engineered from the ground up Android tablet. Yeah, but which um, tablets are engineered from the ground up? They're all. Yeah, that's that's a discussion for another day. I think yeah. it's a good idea. 
Well, so, it, it certainly it gets you away from the it gets you away from the walled garden of an unsupported system. Well, the neat thing that I liked about it is it will dual boot, so I can boot it up as the touchpad itself running um, whatever. Uh, what am I thinking of the WebOS? Well, thank you, WebOS. Yeah. Or I can boot it as an Android device. That's mm-hmm. very appealing to me. I have to be honest. Yeah, I I I, I wasn't aware it could do that. That. That would make it more interesting well, to me, I guess. Well, this whole thing kind of started because uh, somebody uh, who bought an HP touchpad accidentally got one that they weren't supposed to get <laughs> that had Android running on it. That is uh, that's really strange. And uh, really strange. Do you think? Do you do you think it was kind of like a skunk works project to uh, you know the, the guy was the guy was being made redundant with all the redundancies and thought well I've been working this somebody needs to see it so he slipped it in a box and put it in the factory yes probably no I <laughs> yeah. have no idea um, but the guy had screenshots and everything and it was definitely running two point two Android and that kind of fired up some uh, there, I think there's actually two different groups working on this. Uh, I'm more interested in this coming out with um, Ice Cream Sandwich, the, that yeah. version of uh, Android. And if they give or if they create a really easy to use installer, I'm definitely there. But yeah. all in all, I think it's a it's a fine idea. I wouldn't mind. And and I know some people would shudder at this thought. I wouldn't mind being able to run Android on my iPad. The ability to look, we've got boot camp on our Macs, right? We can yeah. run Windows 7. Why can't I do the same thing on my touchpad or on my uh, iPad? I think that would says, be pretty cool. Apple I says no. I know Apple will never allow it, but <laughs> you know, if someone came out with an app to let you do it, I don't know why Apple wouldn't allow that. We know they wouldn't, but hmm, it, I think it's kind of an interesting concept. Just, just to kind of. You know, take a, a twenty thousand foot view of it, though, rather than just whether it can be done. Do you think there is anything in the Android ecosystem that you can't get in the iPad right now? Flash, baby, flash. Right. Let me rephrase the question. Do you think there's anything in the Android ecosystem that you want? No. That you can't get in the iPad right no, now? No, no. But I'm a geek, man. I mean, I, I. Yeah. If it's out there, I want to play with it. I want to check it out. Uh, that's why I, I, you know. That's why I want a fire. And, and it, yeah, uh, we well, both. I was one. just, I was just going to raise that though. The, the question is, is do you think you would tinker with the touchpad once you've got a fire? No, probably not. So you've got a fairly short window. <laughs> to, uh, no, because I know I'm <laughs> not going to get a fire. You know, anytime soon. When's the fire oh, right. come out again? It comes out mid November. Yeah. And yeah. and I've uh, my my pet, my folks will be back back on their way back to the states then because they spend the winter in Florida. So I've actually ordered one and directed it their way. They'll bring them back for me when they come back. So I hate you. <laughs> you know, you've got a touchpad. Come on, <laughs> I would happily trade you. When yeah? I got my i when I got the touchpad, it was a five hundred ninety nine dollar device, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So with that, David, uh, I think we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number 51. Obviously, as we say every week, we love to get feedback. Um, how are they going to get a hold of you on Twitter, David? Uh, I'm at David B. Cohen on Twitter. Awesome. I am at MyMac on Twitter. 
And of course, we want to uh, encourage you guys to send email feedback at mymac.com. My, I might change that eventually, David. I'm thinking of maybe techfan at mymac.com. Maybe I'll do that one of these days. Okay. Not yet, though. Don't send email because it'll just bounce. So feedback at mymac.com. Well, it'd take me all of two minutes to set it up, but I'm lazy today. Uh, we'd love it if you guys called us. Um, we could play your comments right here on the show. It's one eight zero one nine three eight five 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 nine. I had somebody uh, send me an email asking why I picked. I think it's Utah. Why'd you pick a phone number in Utah? I was like, because it, it was close to eight hundred. Yeah, <laughs> and it just seemed like it would be easy to remember. Um, oh, you know what though. Before we wrap this show up, David, we did get feedback a couple weeks ago that we were going to read here on oh, that's Tech right, Fan. Yeah, it was on the yeah. fire. Uh, do you have it? Uh, I'll, I'll just have to. I'll just have to check my mail. I can uh, bring it up for you if you like. Because we, yeah, because we didn't, we didn't, um, we didn't do it last week because of what happened. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, if um, you want to read it, I just sent it to you. And and I apologize to. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to, I'm trying to tease it out the Skype interface. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bob DeGrande, uh, sorry Bob, he sent this in, and of course, the last show that we did ran extra long, and it was all about the passing of Steve Jobs, so we didn't get to any yeah. kind of feedback. Hell, we didn't even play our theme music last week. It just didn't seem right. Um, speaking of the podcast, though, did, I don't know if you've listened to the new MyMac podcast. They took guy and gaz that discussion about steve jobs and played it at the beginning of their show yeah i did hear it but i don't know if you listened to my super creative editing where i cut you completely out of it well i must admit (laughs) i started to listen to it and then i thought was this after i left (laughs) no it can't be because i remember hearing some of this and yeah you kind of freaked me out yeah I, I even challenged Guy to find out where the edit was, and he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was really long already, and I thought if anybody wants to hear David's portion, well, then they're, they'll listen to yeah, Tech Fan. No, and people who listen to both shows, um, you know, who who enjoy Double the Punishment, it's not fair to... Uh, <laughs> That's right. Pose me on the twice. Okay, so, um, so the comment here is from... Um, Sorry. I was, exci- I was applauding Bob. Yay, Bob sent okay. us feedback. Yay! So it's from Bob DeGrand, DeGrandy. De, I think it's DeGrand. DeGrand, okay. You asked for comments on the Kindle Fire. I have a first-gen 3G iPad and will likely get the next version when it comes out. I will probably not get the Fire, although I think it's a great product and will be very successful. I buy all of my music and ebooks from Amazon and use their cloud service, so I would like to get the Fire and may well get the second version. I bought an old crappy 7-inch Android tablet a while back, specifically so I could download Amazon's free app of the day, so I have a lot of software. You know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. I wonder if you can get the apps without actually having a tablet. I wonder if you can buy them through their app store. I'll have to look into that. My impressions so you of that... Could start, I see what you're saying. So you can start getting yeah, so some free stuff. Yeah. yeah. My impressions of that were that Android has improved a lot from unusable to where a normal person can deal with it, more so than desktop Linux, for example. The apps are still lacking. There are some decent games and a few apps, Evernote, Read It Later, Office apps. But if you want to do something mildly unusual, edit audio or video, use Markdown, etc., there are still few choices. Still, an Android tablet doesn't have to be a strictly consumption device, and Amazon's user interface will be a big step forward for the normal non-geek user. 
I love the seven inch form factor and lightweight. Steve Jobs's opinion to the contrary. Mm, that's interesting. Uh-huh. The Amazon store is good. It has far fewer apps in the Android marketplace, but it's curating a much better experience overall. And that's what we were talking about in our fire discussion. Definitely. That they need some curated software. I mean, you can't just have the Wild West, otherwise it's it's not good. Yeah. What I would use the Fire for is a portable media player streamer, ebook reader, Twitter, Facebook, email and gaming machine. It has Plants vs. Zombies and enough other good games that I will be happy. As David mentioned, there will be times when I would rather carry it than a larger, heavier iPad. The downside is he's running an old version of Android. While I would prefer a newer version, this isn't a deal-breaker for me, nor are the hardware specs and the lack of a card slot at this price. It lacks the Android marketplace. I'm pretty sure that this can be hacked onto it. It has been on my tablet, and I could live without it. For me, the biggie is the lack of an HDMI out. I would love to bring a Fire, a USB drive with a lot of video, and a cable and be able to play it back on the TV. If it had this, I would definitely buy the Fire. Without it, I would probably wait for version 2. I do think it will be a very big success in terms of numbers sold, although how profitable it will be for Amazon is open to question. Well, And I don't so, even care. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, care how much money these companies make on the device as long as I can buy it at a reasonable price yeah i don't i think amazon will make enough on the content to make it worthwhile and and really you know amazon is i think is very much about you know in some ways it's similar to google and they want want you using their their site for as many things as possible uh and this is one way of doing that um and it should really be a shot in the realm to the video and on audio business they have um, i agree in terms of the hdmi hdmi out it's interesting that i've had various dongles and boxes over the years to connect, connect iPods to TVs. And you know what? I always do it once or twice and then never bother again. I want it uh, to be wireless. I want to be able to plug something in. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, plug, a, play, plug a little HDMI dongle in the back of my television and just let me stream it wirelessly. That's, That's what I cool. want. That's an Apple TV. Well, no, because um, yes and no. I don't want to interface device itself. I just want, and I want it to be able to work with any HDMI television, so it's just an HDMI dongle, mm. not another box, just a little dongle that I, I plug in there, it's in the back of the TV, I never see it, and it just receives uh, audio and video signals from the Fire or the iPad or whatever it is. That but would be I, I, really Yeah, I think, I think if you actually look at the cost of something like that, um, you typically you would pay around about $50, maybe a little bit more for a, a dongle, because it would need to have it would have to be a little bit more than just a cable. Sure. Um, so if you're paying $50, is it not worth perhaps pushing pushing up a little bit more and getting an Apple TV? Because then you get AirPlay and all the other things you can do with the Apple TV. And it's it's such a compact box, you can kind of slip it in your bag and take it with you when you go to a hotel. Yeah, maybe. The, the thing for me, and, and you know, I, I don't spend quite as much time in hotels as you do, um, and, and I think maybe something that Bob hasn't perhaps factored into this because he's got a very cheap Android tablet. The um, screen on the Kindle Fire is an IPS display like in the iPad. Uh, and I actually find that it's, good, it's so good, it's so clear, it's so sharp that I don't really miss not watching on TV. A lot of the TVs I watch, I see in hotel rooms are really rubbish anyway compared to the screen I have on my iPad. So I'm normally perfectly happy just sticking the iPad somewhere where I can watch it. Hmm. But that's oh. just me. No, I I can see the benefit. All right, David, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan number 50 or 51 again. 
Love your guys' feedback. It's feedback at mymac.com or voice message 1-801-938-5559. David, thanks very much for being here this week, man. Always a pleasure. I'll see you next week.